much did he still on me? He came late to the salah. And he was never seen late, sallallahu to the salah. And when he came late, they were already praying, and the imam was reading, سَيَقُولُ الْمُخَلَّفُونَ مِنَ الْأَعْرَابِ شَغَلَتُنَا أَمْوَارُنَا وَأَهْلُونَ He was reading the verse in the Quran that the A'rab, the Bedouins, would say to the Prophet we were busy with our homes and our family, that's why we didn't join you. They said no one was able to continue the salah because the Shaykh was crying so much and he felt that as of this verse speaking to him, that I was busy with my house, busy with my family, that to the extent that I came late and I missed that first takbira, not even the rak'ah. You know, he came late after the salah started. This is a reflection. This doesn't need much of knowledge. It means a heart that's full of life. That when you hear the verses of the Quran, you feel and you see that it's touching you. No doubt, ilm and knowledge help you a lot. And that's what we're going to try to do, inshallah, in uh, the, these classes. We're going to uh, go over uh, segments of the Surah Al-Kahf, and uh, we will explain them, uh, sometimes in detail, sometimes we have reflections upon them, how can we relate to them in modern days, and so forth. So I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, أن يفتح لنا من فواتح رحمته. I ask Allah subhanahu wa taala to open for us a door from His mercy and knowledge, so we can all benefit from it. Why did I choose Surah Al-Kahf? I chose Surah Al-Kahf for several reasons. Uh, uh, number one, because it's a very famous surah, and it's a, a surah that uh, commonly read by the Muslims. As a matter of fact, it is a surah that we encourage to read every week. So these surahs that we read a lot and we, be, we repeat it a lot, it is a surah that we should reflect upon and we know what it means. So we appreciate reading it so often like that. Number two, because Surah Al-Kahf in Nabi Sallam told us that it is one of the way to protect you from the Dajjal, from the fitna of the fall Messiah. And as we know, the worst fitna, the worst trial, test, calamity, uh, 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 the hardest ever that the Ummah will face is the test and the trial of the fall Messiah. So if this surah can help us to deal with this trial, there is no doubt it can help us also to deal with the fitan of our days today and all the kind of fitan that we're dealing today. We're living in a time, brothers and sisters, where it's full of tests and trials and hardship and, and you know, uh, and things... Uh, taking people astray and away from the straight path. And he, as the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, uh, even the hadith, there is uh, weakness in it, but it's commonly used and quoted by the scholars. Fitan taj'alu al-harima hayrana. It's a trials and tests and confusions that make the person who is so calm, the person who is so smart, intelligent, confused. Very confused about it. And, and yeah, Hudayfa uh, once was asked, How do you know that we are on the time of fitna? How do you know that I fall in the fitna? I'm in the fitna. He said, When things change, what you used to believe is halal, you don't see it anymore halal. The things that you lived all your life, you know it's haram, all of a sudden became halal, change. And things are changing, things that you're very familiar with. Is not anymore stable. Uh, 
so this surah, since it deals with, with all type of fitan, as we're going to know, uh, it will be a great opportunity for us as Muslims, especially living in these days, especially living in this part of the world, to be familiar with the surah and the teachings of this surah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala yani, to protect all, us from, all of us from the fitan. Uh, first of all, uh, just uh, an introduction as usual we put for each and every surah I did tafsir before with you guys. Uh, the name of the surah. The name of the surah known as Surah Al-Kahf. And just for the record, the names of the surah, not all of them from the Prophet ﷺ. Some of the names of the surahs of the Qur'an are from the Prophet ﷺ. So, for example, Fatihatul Kitab. Okay. The Prophet said these names and gave these names to these surahs. But not all the surahs actually, the names of these surahs giving from the Prophet That's why you might see many different names for the surahs. Sometimes even the names that the Prophet gave to the surah will not be the most common name. Like Al-Isra, Hiya Bani Isra'il. Okay, but the most famous name for it is Isra. This is not how the Prophet named it. So where these names came from, and and all the, where who put these names for the surah? You know, these names of these surahs happen to be mentioned by mostly or each and every surah in the Quran named either by the Prophet or the Sahaba When they put the mushaf together, they gave them names. He gave them names. But also so many scholars after the Prophet time, after the companions time, gave surahs. You might, some surahs have 10, 12, 13 different names. You know, and these are names given by the scholars later on after the time of the Sahaba radiallahu anhum wa arda. So, as for our surah, surah al-Kahf, this name al-Kahf, was given to it by the Prophet ﷺ. And in Sahih Muslim, the Prophet ﷺ said, in Hadith al-Nuwas ibn Sim'an, that he said, when you, if you happen to see a Dajjal, if you meet a Dajjal, read on a Dajjal, the beginning of Surah Al-Kahf. So he said, Surah Al-Kahf, he named it. Okay? Also, in another narration, and also it's Hadith Sayyid al-Mustadrak, he said, Surah Ashab al-Kahf. The Surah of Ashab, yani the people of al-Kahf. So once the Prophet named it al-Kahf, once he named it what? Ashabu al-Kahf. And uh, so this is in regard to uh, this name, al-Kahf. Uh, you know, caves is, is one of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's creation on this earth. And the caves, it's something that uh, I would like you to, to look into caves and the creation of the caves and how big and, and, and wide some of them are. You know, we have some caves that they are 390 miles deep. 390 miles deep. We have, and this is, not, this is I think, the biggest one. Uh, I think it's here in America, in Kentucky. Uh, uh, you have in Malaysia, when I was in Malaysia, I come across uh, this cave in Sarawat. Uh, this cave, a Boeing 777, can land inside it. 
can go inside th that cave. That's a huge uh, cave. And I think it's number four or fifth. It's not even the biggest in the world. Largest. Some of them can be multiple kilometers deep. And some of them in the sea, some of them in the, uh, in the uh, land. But what, what I want to mention here, that caves and human beings are related to each other for a very, very long time. Even we say cave, caveman, that's right. Okay, caves and human beings are connected for a very long time. Because human beings always recognize that caves are, can anybody guess? Shelter. Caves are shelter. So listen, here the Prophet ﷺ telling us that this surah is a protection and shelter for you from the fitan of a Dajjal. That's why the name Al-Kahf is, is a very interesting name about the surah. To tell you from the beginning that this surah is like a cave. It's a place where you protect yourself, you shelter yourself. You know that is what can to protect you from all these fit and trials and, and, and confusion out there. Exactly like what you do when you go to the cave. Anyway, uh, this uh, surah was revealed before the hijrah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa to uh, uh, Medina. So this is known as a, a, a Makki surah. So any surah that it is revealed before the hijrah called Makki. Anything revealed after the hijrah of the Prophet called Madani. طيب, even if the surah revealed in Mecca, yes. So even if the surah revealed in Mecca, but after the hijrah, we call it Makki. And the best example for that, Surah Al-Ma'idah, it's a Madani Surah by consensus. But it, where it was revealed? In Arafah, in Mecca, when the Prophet ﷺ was making Hajj. And in it, اليوم أكملت لكم دينكم وأتممت عليكم نعمتي ورضيت لكم الإسلام دينا. So uh, this Surah, there is a kind of agreement between the scholars that it is a Makki Surah. But maybe this is something new for some of you. Sometimes the Surah, will be Mecca or Madani, but there are certain verses in the surah are Madani, or if the surah is Mecca, but certain verses may be revealed before Hijrah. Certain part, a part of it was revealed after Hijrah. So it's Mecca. So how we decide? By the majority of the verses, are they revealed before or after? Okay, so that's why you might find, I'm not going to go into details, you might find some of the opinions that mention certain verses in Surah Al-Kahf that it was revealed in Medina after the Hijrah of the Prophet ﷺ. Because not necessarily when the Prophet ﷺ received a surah, he received the whole entire surah at once. He might receive part of it, but later on he received the rest of it. And that's exactly what happened with Surah Al-Kahf, that some of these verses... Uh, uh, came to the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam later on. Um, why it was revealed, Surah Al-Kahf? Is there is any reason behind it? We call this Asbab al-Nuzul. Is there is any reason behind the revelation of this surah? Any story behind it? Uh, yes, uh, Ibn Ishaq and Ibn Jarir Tabari mentioned 
that Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhu said that the disbelievers, uh, they were very uh, upset with the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. أَهَمَّهُمْ أَمْرُ النَّبِيِّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ يعني أَعْلَمَهُمْ وَشْتَدَّ عَلَيْهِمْ So they went and they sent another Ibn al-Harith and Uqbah ibn Abi Mu'ayt to the Jewish rabbis in Medina. And they said, what do you think of Muhammad and what he's calling? You have the knowledge of the book. What do you think of what Muhammad calling people for? They said, you are the Jews. You have the book. You have the knowledge of the prophets. You know prophets very well. You know ta'rifuna awsafahum wa a'lamahum. They're signs and they say truth or not. So they said, you have this and we don't have it. That's what the, the pagans of Mecca said to them. So they said, uh, we're asking you about Muhammad and what he's calling people for. So the, the rabbis told Al-Harith ibn Al-Nadr ibn Al-Harith and Uqba ibn Abi Mu'ayth, they told them, ask him three questions. If he answered them, he's a prophet. And if he doesn't know how to answer them, he ill, he's a, a liar. Okay? So they asked him about uh, uh, three uh, things. Uh, one of it, he said, ask him about the man who traveled the world from the east to the west. Okay? The one who traveled from the far east to the far west. Who is that person? Ask him about ruh, the soul. Okay? Uh, and ask him about a young man, a fitya, uh, who dhahabu fi dahr They stayed for a very long time. Yani they uh, lived for a very, very long time. They hide for a very long time. A, a young man who hide for a very long time. Ask them about the, the story of these three things. So how many of these things we have in Surah Al-Kahf? The story of the man who goes from the far east to the far west, Surah Al-Qarnayn. And we have the story of Al-Kahf, okay, the young man who hired in Al-Kahf. But what about Ruh? We ask you about the soul. This, this is came the answer in Surah Al-Isra, which is the surah right before it in Al-Mushaf, okay? So it didn't come in uh, Surah Al-Isra. In the beginning, the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, when they ask him, he doesn't have the answer. So he, he, he couldn't answer them. Yeah, because the Nabi doesn't say things from his own. So the kuffar was so happy, they said, we expose him, we expose him, because he didn't answer us. You know, these are good questions, legit questions. We expose him. And in Nabi Sallallahu for a while, digitally didn't recite. He recited for him the answer for it. So he recited from the, the Surah Al-Kahf. And some ulama said he recited actually the whole entire Surah. That's why the whole Surah considered Mecca. Okay? So he recited for him the whole entire Surah of Surah Al-Kahf. طيب. Uh, it is part of Surah Al-Isra and was not part of Surah Al-Kahf. They said because Al-Quran has a very interesting point or interesting way of relating the information. Sometimes the Quran go in so details, tell you the story in details. 
And sometimes he gives you the story in a very precise, very short, straight to the point. Sometimes the answer is so detailed, and sometimes very short. If you look at the Surah Al-Kahf, the style of it, everything goes what? On details. You have so many verses about the Al-Qarnayn. You have so many verses about the story of Al-Kahf. But when it comes to Al-Ruh, when it comes to Al-Ruh, the answer was so short, so it doesn't fit the style of Surah Al-Kahf. That's why it was separate in Surah Al-Isra. Is that clear? So here ulama said that it's actually min al-bayan fil-Qur'an. This is very uh, uh, miraculous because even the style of each surah is continue. Uh, uh, it will not be uh, disturbed. There is uh, one narration that uh, in Nabi Sallallahu told them, Ar-Ruh huwa Jibreel. And al-ulama became uh, confused about this because was it Ar-Ruh? He said, I don't know much about it. You have only few now. How he referred to Jibreel? He said, no, Nabi Sallam, he knew either they ask about Ar-Ruh, which is the soul, or they ask about, uh, he wanted to direct them to other meaning, which is Ar-Ruh, which is one of the names of the angel Jibreel. قُلْ نَزَلَ بِهِ الرُّوحُ الْأَمِينَ Allah SWT said in the Quran, in Surah Al-Shu'ara, that Ar-Ruh, he is the Amin, the trusted one, which is Ar-Ruh, came down with the Qur'an, which is Jibreel alayhi salam. تَنَزَّلُ الْمَلَائِكَةُ وَالْرُوحُ فِيهَا بِإِذْنِ رَبِّهِمْ مِنْ كُلِّ أَمْرِ سَلَامٌ هِيَ حَتَّى مَطْلَعِ الْفَجْرِ In Surah Al-Qadr, in Laylat Al-Qadr, Allah said the angel and Ar-Ruh comes down. Ar-Ruh here, not the soul, it means Jibreel. So the Nabi Sallallahu wanted to tell them and to the Jews about Jibreel alayhi salam because he knew that this question came from the Jews. So as if the Nabi Sallallahu telling them, tell the people that they tell you the question, that all the knowledge that I have, all the stories that I told you about the Al-Qarnayn and the people of Al-Kahf, these came from Jibreel, came from Al-Ruh Al-Ameen, came from the one that you are very familiar with, because he's the same angel who brought the message to Musa salam. And this is a very interesting uh, way also of looking at it. Um, here, al uh, ulama said that the story behind this surah, it's in itself a proof of the prophethood of Muhammad wasallam. because that have led some of the rabbis and the Jewish scholars at that time to recognize that the Nabi Sallallahu is a Lord, is a messenger from his Lord. Uh, one more thing that I would like you to be aware of is that uh, al-ulama also always talk introduction of the surah, how many verse in the surah? Addu al-ayat. And, and you know, there is even scholars wrote books of al-add. There is especially special, special books about how many verse in the surah. I thought, you might ask, I thought, Sheikh, this is done deal. Any what? Uh, surah Al-Kahf is what? 110 surahs. Uh, one, sorry, 110 verses. So why there is even a different opinion? Yes. You, you will find, for example, Al-Shihab Al-Dumyati, one of those scholars who wrote uh, uh, in this area. Uh, he said, وَآيُهَا يعني the verses مِئَةٌ وَخَمْسٌ حِرْمِيٌ قَالْ وَسِتٌ شَامِيٌ وَعَشْرٌ كُوفِيٌ 
وإحدى عشرة بصري He said it's a hundred and five according to the scholars of Mecca and Medina حرمي يعني يقصد الحرمين and it is a hundred and six according to the the scholars of Asham and it is a hundred and ten according to the Qurra, the reciter of Al-Kufa and it's a hundred and eleven according to the reciter of Al-Basra so you might say what's the Shaykh is that if that means that there is missing verses in this among to those scholars there is extra verse here what is the case no the case here that the, how they count the verses can be different from one scholar to another and even now in the Masahih, if you open for example Surah Al-Fatiha اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين some scholar maybe count this as one and some will break it in the middle غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين one and the previous one, one. So even in some of the Masahib you have written today, they break this, some of them to two, and some of them one. So it depends how they, so nobody adding extra words, or nobody taking, or there is words missing. No. The only difference is where to count this as a verse. To count this one as two, or to count it as one. And how they actually come up with this Number. Anybody have an idea? How did they come up with saying it's 10 or 11 or 12? How do you know that this is the end of the verse? Yani when he recited the Quran for them, and when they write the Quran, he didn't say, for example, to them, write, قُلْ هُوَ اللَّهُ أَحَدُ وَاحْدُ اللَّهُ Two. He didn't say that. So where the, how did he got that? The Sahaba radiallahu anhum will listen to the Prophet if the Prophet passed for a quite long time, it means it's one surah. If he did not pause for a, for a while, he just to catch his breath, they know it's part of the surah. So if we recite, قُلْ هُوَ اللَّهُ أَحَدُ اللَّهُ الصَّمَدُ لَمْ يَلِدُ وَلَمْ يُولَدُ وَلَمْ يَكُلْ لَهُ كُفُوًا أَحَدُ so, waqafa ala ra'si kulli ayah. He stopped at the beginning or the end of each verse. So, I know how many verses. So, sometimes the Sahaba may debate. Did the Prophet ﷺ, his pause was long enough to consider this a, a new verse? Or was just for catching a breath? That's why in their Mus'haf, they will count it in a different way. That's why the Mus'haf of Ali, the Mus'haf of uh, Uthman in the, in the early time, it might have these differences. But in the end, the actual text is exactly identical. Is that clear? Yeah. Since we read our qira'ah, all the way goes to who? Where do we read, take our qira'ah from? Two companions mainly, our, like all our hafs. Yeah, which are our companions that we take our Qur'an from? Abdullah ibn Mas'ud and Ali ibn Abi Talib radiallahu anhu arda. And both lived where? In the Kufa. Okay, that's why he said, Kufa, the Kufi reciter, they have it 110. Okay?
just for those who benefit from it. Uh, there is certain special things about this surah before we start. Number one, كل آياتها محكمة. Not a single verse in Surah Al-Kahf ever was abrogated. Every single verse in it is clear and it never was abrogated and remained from the time it was revealed to the Prophet ﷺ until he died. The way it is. No ruling change at all. Number two, it is one of five surahs in the Quran who started with Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. We have only five surahs in the Quran started with Alhamd. Can any, let's see if how many, how many, how many you can remember. Number one, Al-Fatiha. <laughs> That's the easy one. <laughs> okay. Number two, Al-Kahf. That's easier. <laughs> Very good. Number three, Surat. Ghafir, very good. Ghafir? Fatr, yeah. Fatr, Surat Fatr. Then, Sabah, somebody said Sabah. Yes, Surat Sabah. And, Surat, Surat number six, Surat Al-An'am. That's right. So these are the five Surahs that they start with Alhamdulillah. Ibn Ashur said something interesting. He said, if you look at these surahs, you will find them distributed over the whole entire Quran. And the, in the, if you classify the Quran to four quarters, okay, you will find these in each one of the quarters. It should cover the whole entire Quran. Surah Al-Kahf comes in the second half of the Quran. It's almost like the 15th. Okay? It's like the half of the surahs of the Quran. So, as of the first half started with Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen, and the second half also started with Alhamdulillah. So, Bada'a Nisf al-Qur'an bil-Hamd, wa Nisfahu al-Thani bil-Hamd. Start the first half with Alhamdulillah, and the second half with Alhamdulillah Rabbi al-Alameen. With Alhamdulillah al-Ladhi anzala. What about the virtues of this surahs? There is a lot of authentic ahadith or, uh, or there is very authentic ahadith were reported about the virtue of Surah Al-Kahf. One, uh, yeah, and you will find, for example, Al-Bukhari has a chapter. It says, Babu Fadli Surah Al-Kahf, the virtue of Surah Al-Kahf. Same thing and now we did when he put the chapters of Muslim. For the record, for those who benefit from this, uh, uh, one of the things that distinguish a student of knowledge who knows what he's talking about from someone who's shallow in knowledge, okay, that someone will tell you, al-Imam Muslim fi Sahih. He said that Imam Muslim has a chapter title, this and that. Al-Imam Muslim has no chi- titles for chapters. The one who put the titles in Sahih Muslim is Imam Nawawi, the one who made sharh to it. But Muslim himself did not put all these detailed chapters that you see today. Anyway, so you will see, and uh, uh, Muslim reported a hadith about the virtue of this surah. And Nawi rahimahullah said, Babu fadli surat al-kahf wa ayat al-kursi. The virtue of surat al-kahf and ayat al-kursi. Also a tirmidhi in his sunan as well. Um, so let's see what of the hadith that came in regard to this. Uh, first one, that in Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi wa sallam, in his time, Al-Bara' ibn Azib was reciting surat al-kahf. Okay, and next to him, 
his horse. So while Al-Bara reciting Surah Al-Kahf, all of a sudden, like a cloud of light, start descending and coming down, coming closer, 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 to the extent that the horse starts moving because it's this cloud coming closer. So Al-Bara stopped because there is a child was sleeping. He said he was worried that the horse will step over the child. That's why I will, I, I, that's why I stop. Otherwise, I will keep reciting until Fajr comes and you all will see that cloud coming down. What is this? This actually was the angels and the Nabi said, this was a sakina. That a sakina, tranquility, because comes with angel what? Tranquility. That's why Laylat al-Qadr, when the, all the angels comes, it causes what? Tranquility, calmness in the atmosphere. So that's something comes with the angel, with the presence of the angel. So in Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, Tilka sakina tanazzalat lil Quran. This is a sakina came down for the Quran. Um, if this is the case, some of the ulama made a nice comment. He said, some of them said, whoever seeking tranquility, whoever seeking peace, should read Surah Al-Kahf and contemplate on it. Because with it comes the sakina. With it comes tranquility. With it comes calmness. With it comes the angels. Also, Abu Sa'id al-Khudri reported that the Prophet said, whoever reads Surah Al-Kahf on the day of Friday, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give him light in between the two Fridays, yani from this Friday to the next Friday. So if you read Surah Al-Kahf, that we will have a light from this Friday all the way to the next Friday. And another narration in the Al-Bayhaqi, from where he at all the way to Al-Bayt Al-Atiq, all the way to Mecca, to al which it means يعني, a light that show you in front of you and allowed you to make the right decision because you see it clearly. And again, this is very connected to the concept of the sakina, the tranquility, the peace that allowed you to think clearly and to see things in a right way. Uh, anyway, uh, some of the hadith said that you, you read it in the night, some said in the day, and it doesn't really make a difference in my opinion. Uh, the night, which is Thursday night, or Friday, it's all the same. The point is, it is part of Friday. Also, the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, مَنْ حَفِظَ عَشْرُ آيَاتٍ مِنْ أَوَّلِ سُورَةِ الْكَهْفِ عُصِمَ مِنَ الدَّجَّالِ Whoever memorized the first ten verses, the first ten verses from Surah Al-Kahf, Allah protect him or her from Al-Dajjal. And in another narration, if you ever meet a Dajjal, recite to him the Fawatih, the beginning of Surah Al-Kahf. Okay? And, فَإِنَّهَا جِوَارُكُمْ مِنَ الْفِتْنَةِ It will protect you from the fitna. Also, Abu Darda' reported something quite different. He said, whoever recite ten verses from Surah Al-Kahf, قَالَ مَنْ قَرَأَ عَشْرُ آيَاتِ Any ten verses from Surah Al-Kahf will be protected from fitnat al-Dajjal, from the, the trial of al-Dajjal. Also, we have another hadith, which is in Mustadrak al-Hakim. The Prophet ﷺ said, whoever reads Surah Al-Kahf, 
So if we collect all this ahadith, we come to the, conclu the following conclusion. All the ahadith that speak about that Surah Al-Kahf, protection from the Dajjal, I can summarize it to you in the following. Number one, some hadith said, reading Surah, the beginning of Surah Al-Kahf, without telling how many numbers. Another one said, reading the first three verses from Surah Al-Kahf, which is another narration. Then another narration said, that first ten, reading the first ten. Another narration saying, memorizing the first ten. Another narration said, you memorize the last ten. Okay? And another narration saying, reading any ten. So one saying the whole surah, reading the whole surah. One saying reading the beginning, without how many. One said three, beginning the, thir the first three. Some is the first ten, the last ten. And some said memorizing actually the first ten, memorizing the last ten. Ibn al-Qayyim rahimahullah looked into this and he's come to a conclusion. And among them also Shaykhna rahimahullah al-Albani. He come to a conclusion that the most authentic one of all of them is memorizing the first ten. Memorizing the first ten. And if you do memorizing the first ten, you, co you combine how many hadith? How many narration? I give you seven different narrations. You cover which one? First three included. If in any, any ten included. The beginning of the surah included. And the fourth one, which is said, memorize what? The first ten. So, إِذَا حَفِظْتَ أَوَّلْ عَشْرَ الدَّيْتَ أَرْبَعَ مِنَ الْرِوَايَاتِ And the, the, the one that says memorize the last ten, actually it has a kind of shudud in it. طيب. Uh, here, uh, what I would like to uh, tell you, that if this is the case, that this ten verses will protect you from fitnah al-dajjal, and fitnah al-dajjal is the worst fitnah, so that means in this surah, also a protection from you from any fitnah that you can deal with it today. Because if you can't deal with the worst, that's the highest, that's the ultimate fitna, Dajjal. So if this can protect you from that, so that means it also can protect you from anything else that's going on in your life uh, today. Uh, and if we look at the type of fitna that a Dajjal came with, or this surah talk about, number one, the fitna in the religion. That the fitna that cause you to doubt the religion. Number two, the fitna, so you have confusion about the religion. Number two, the fitna that it is related to the wealth. You have so much money, so that's you. You take your wife. Number three, the fitna that caused by knowledge. You have so much knowledge, information, comes power. So that caused the person to be uh, uh, this in itself a test and trial to have so much knowledge and the fourth one the fitna that comes because of what power being in charge fitna to sultan so if you look at all the fitna in the world 
it's either related to the deen, related to your position as a person of power and charge over people, wealth, you have so much money and, and so, or knowledge, ilm. And in this surah, if you look at each one of these areas covered in the surah, the fitna that's related to position and power, you can see it in the story of Dhul Qarnayn, that great king, the one who ruled the west and the east, who can rule from the, there is no even state today ever ruled from Europe all the way to China. There is no state in the history like this. Maybe Alexander the Great, but yani, uh, this is not common. This is a huge, uh, that's why we're going to talk about this later. People said maybe that was Alexander the Great, which he was not. But this is a huge sultan, this is a huge state, huge power that he was. Yeah. And this surah teaches how you should deal when you have this kind of power. Also, al-ilm, when you have so much knowledge, that's fitna, that can cause you to go astray. Some people, Allah led them to go straight, even they have knowledge. And this fitna, how to protect yourself from it, you can learn clearly the story of Musa and Al-Khabir. Then you have the fitna of the wealth. The fitna of the wealth. And this is clearly in the story of the two who have the two gardens. That's right. Then the fitna of the deen, the pressure in your deen to give up your religion. When you feel that you're standing alone, and this is in the story of the young men who run to the cave, hiding from their people because they don't accepting their faith. That's right? So that surah deal with all these fitna. If you look at the Dajjal, what the Dajjal is about? The Dajjal about to changing your religion. The Dajjal comes with the power. He, will, he actually start calling himself the king. Dajjal is about what? It's about the fitna of wealth. Dajjal comes to the land and he said to the land, grow for the trees and the gardens. Then he says basically to the, to the hidden treasures, comes out. So the, 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 in one of the narration, the, the gold follow him. The gold will follow him. So much wealth, so much money, so much power. And the Dajjal has this also uh, 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 knowledge and, and ilm that he will tell you what your father did, what your parents did. He tell you, I have the knowledge that to bring the dead alive. He make it happen to people in front of people. So, and he will, he have this knowledge of controlling the shayateen and the jinn and so forth. So this is huge areas. And this is what the Dajjal is all about. And this surah cover each and every area of it. That's why it's protection from the fitna of Dajjal. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect all of us. Uh, it's now been like, what, 50 minutes? Okay. So... I just end with this, even though I'm not a very big fan of this style, but something that uh, the ulama rahimahullah mentioned. Uh, there is a concept, al Biqai wrote a lot about this, he's a very famous scholar. Uh, there is a concept in the Surah Al Quran, they said, Min Ijaz Al Quran, Tanasub Suwarifi. 
part of the miracle of the Quran that the order of the surah itself it's it's a miracle the way every surah start match the previous surah the next surah and so forth the order of it it's just it's a miracle even though we know not the surahs of the Quran again were not put this order by the Prophet this is the companions a strong opinion that the companions come to this consensus that they agreed that they would put that order for the surahs some ulama said no it was actually they did not do that from their own because that the consensus must be based on evidence so they must have knowledge of the Prophet from the Prophet and how to put the order of it but I'm not sure about that opinion it's the strongest opinion no it's actually ishtihad that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have give them tawfiq in it but it's amazing how these surahs it's Al-Biqa'i did very good job on this and also who did very well with this Sayyid Qutb fi al-Qur'an he did an amazing work on putting and talking about that how each and every surah is connected to the previous and to the next one so one of the things for example they mentioned about this surah which is surah al-kahf it starts with alhamdulillahi alladhi anzala ala abdihi al-kitaba walam yaj'al lahu iwaja okay what's the surah before al-kahf surah isra how surah al-isra start subhana alladhi asra bi abdihi layla they said there is always comes together at tasbih wal hamd you always put it together subhanallah wa bihamdi whenever you make tasbih tanzih you follow it with hamd whenever you free allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from anything that is not appropriate you immediately follow it with praising him with all the things that is appropriate to be attributed to him it's like we say subhanallah wa bihamdi this is surah fiha min at-tanzih wa tasbih this surah has the praising طيب, if you look at the next one which is uh, Maryam they said since Surah Al-Kahf talking about the stories that is kind of miraculous that full of m- m- miracles okay no doubt if there is any other story that full of miracles it will be the story of Zakaria and Isa alayhi salam and their children and how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give them the children Yahya uh, and uh, the born of Jesus all this is miracle so they said so that shows you that is in the same line since this is about stories also the next one goes on the same trend about the stories of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam jami'a um, also they said that this surah started with the confirmation of Tawheed and ended with the confirmation of Tawheed so the beginning of it and the end is focused on the oneness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, I was planning to actually read a little bit and make the sort of some of the verses but I hope this introduction it will make us value the upcoming classes inshallah ta'ala and I promise you, we'll try to be uh, no, uh, not very detailed, uh, but uh, try to get uh, every uh, session uh, a group of verses, and we move to the next uh, session. So hopefully, inshallah ta'ala, 
it will be something benefit all of us. Well, uh, if some of if some of you would like to memorize Surah Al-Kahf, okay, uh, with us in this class, uh, I'll be more than happy to listen to your recitation in the beginning. So, uh, if you want, uh, next class you can memorize all the way to verse number six. So, if you want something to encourage you, you know. Uh, going to do it publicly or privately I will make sure that we arrange that so this class will not be just we, we, we make tafsir it might help you actually to memorize uh, Surat Al-Kahf so if you want to do that go online, listen to it and, and listen to Aqari and start repeating with it and you can inshallah uh, read it with us and make sure this is something encourage you that every week I memorize so every week we'll give you a group of verses that you memorize and this is you to do what we're going to cover Inshallah ta'ala. So next week we will be covering the uh, first six verses, inshallah. I thank you very much.